Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. We are talking about legacy, and uh, I want to I get into this just a little bit today. So I want to just remind you, last year, we, we wanted to raise a million dollars, and I think we raised about $1.1 million last year for our legacy. Can we give God all the praise for that? Yes! And um, as, as part of that, we were, 100,000 of those came to just local, right here, for us to do community outreach. And I want to let you know where your dollars went. So about $100,000 went straight here to this campus. Uh, and I'll just give you some of the highlight reel. Single Mother's Banquet, we've spent, that's well over $10,000 every time we do a Single Mama's Banquet, just honor the girls and uh, just such a beautiful, beautiful event and uh, so proud of our team. Did a fantastic job. Opelousa's Teacher Appreciation, it's something that we've done every single year, even through some of the very rough seasons. We've always done something for all of our teachers in the Opelousa's, all elementary schools, junior high, high school, taking care of all of our teachers. We figured out, man, there's there's got to be a way we can have some kind of impact in our school with this next generation. And one of those ways is to take care of the teachers who are teaching. And uh, many of those teachers now attend our church, and we're so excited about that. And then, of course, we spent a, a well over $30,000 uh, with uh, Pastor Easton Shelvin and his wife, Kizzy. They have the Truth Is Ministries in the inner city of Opelousas. And you kind of see the before and after, and that was a whole renovation project of their facilities, lawn. I, I don't know how much lawn tree service stuff we did for them. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we are also able to spend about $6,000 on our marshals, our St. Landry Parish marshals, and uh, to get them all the updated technology on bulletproof vests. Uh, we're able to do that. And then, of course, we've got a big outreach just coming out here today, and that is the Harvest Festival. And uh, I, want, I want you to hear this because one of the things, uh, I, I read a book, and I, I'm forgetting the name of the book. Uh, uh, it's, not a, it's not a Christian book, but it was written about how does communities die? And one of the ways that a community begins to die is it loses its, it loses its identity of community, which means there's nothing that it gathers around anymore. And that where people come together and commune, community. And so when you start thinking about Opelousas and you can think about days gone by, there were all kinds of things that were in our city and community that brought people together. And now we live in a community because of the vision in our culture. Now we're watching all of those things disappear. And so when you have something like a harvest festival, we'll probably have 3,000 to 4,000 people from our community to come together to commune together. It's how, it, it, I think the church ought not just sit back and say, here's what's wrong, that we ought to be able to do something about that and say, we need to be doing something about that. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I'm still believing. I'm gonna go ahead and throw a dream out. Can I go ahead and throw it out? I'm still dreaming that this back section one day is going to have outdoor kitchen area. And when you come to church on Sunday, instead of running home to the restaurant, you're going to stay right here and you're going to have lunch together right here on the property called commune. 
Listen, it's one thing to get in, sit in rows, face them forward. It's another thing. Let's sit in circles and let's eat together. It's called communion. To have communion together, that we can get to know each other, get to do life together. Can I get an amen? I mean, I'm thinking right now, jambalaya. I'm thinking of all the godly dishes we could eat. Crawfish. Oh, come on, somebody. Etouffee, fried chicken. Mama's fried chicken wings. Y'all can prepare for my funeral. So, and let me tell you, that left about $20,000 left over. And we did not spend this year. We got about a $20,000 buffer. If it's okay with y'all, we're going to do it anyway. If it's okay with y'all, we're going to slide that over into 2023. It'll give us some margin. How many of you know we've got a community where more needs are going to come up? More outreach opportunities are going to happen. We'll have some budget dollars there that we can meet those needs within our community. And now in this year's legacy. And uh, one of the things, too, I'm so excited about is uh, we we are going to be planting a brand new campus is coming online in 2023 so this year's dollars there will be a portion of that that goes to that do y'all want to know where be here next week and I'll tell you we'll announce it next week the retreat at sunset which we were so excited about and that's with Michael and Victoria Hankins you're going to hear from them in a second Uh, and that is uh, stepping into that zone of an empty spot in our culture Uh, with all the drug addiction and that is just being unleashed on this culture and answering that cry. And then, of course, we're so excited. We're going full blow. We're going for it. We're going to fly. We're going to fly or die. We are are going to be launching uh, our Savior's Church College. We've, we've made some attempts at it in past years. This time we've, uh, we've, we've learned from some of our mistakes and we're going for it. We have to have a pipeline of tra- raising up the next generation so that we can plant churches and works and send them off into, into the marketplace to represent Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. And then the thing that I'm real excited about here locally, it's gonna be about $150,000. 150 to 200 somewhere in there we are going to we are going to get ready and to begin in august of 2023 in our community a mother's day out not a program a mother's day out ministry here and we're talking about uh, three to four days a week child care and not for child care sake but to minister to families this is going to be one of the doorways in which families come to know Christ is through this Mother's Day out. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, but I'm so excited about, uh, I, I wanna invite Michael and Victoria because I want you to hear this testimony, the retreat at sunset. Would you give them a big round of applause, Michael and Victoria Hankins. This is embarrassing. I don't know how to turn that on. That's what's embarrassing, that I don't know how to turn on a microphone. It's on? Good to go. Check one, two. Hey, there we go. Thank, Thank you, you so Pastor much. Pastor Myron, right, right there. Pastor yes, Myron, right yes, there. here, Pastor Myron. Thank you guys so much. Um, I mean, it's just, it's so cool to be here on an earnings call with you guys to report on your investment. Legacy has been, it's been so much fun to spend your money. I mean, it really has. I'm just here to report on, on what's, what's happened. 
I mean, God has been moving mightily. We started the retreat at Sunset, an exclusive ministry home for men that are graduating Adult and Teen Challenge so that they would have a place to go, to get plugged into the local church, get a good job, and start the next steps in their lives. They also started the referral network. It's a place for people to, to call to get into Adult and Teen Challenge where we can provide transportation, induction fees, and, and all that. And throughout this process, we, we opened the home in December and we've, we've welcomed five men into the home to start their new life. And it's just been an incredible journey with them. We have so many miracles to share with you, but we just got a few short stories that we're gonna share with you in a moment. The referral network has turned into something that so much more than we thought that it would be. We thought we would just be helping people get into Teen Challenge, but it's turned into something so much more special because there's some weeks where we're on the phone for five minutes and some weeks we're on the phone for hours and hours because the wives of husbands will call just because they need to lament. They'll be on the phone for 40 or 50 minutes and I won't even say a word. Or, or a, a, a mother who's lost her son to addiction just needs somebody to talk to. Or somebody calling, needing advice. And that's what that's turned into. And guys, it's such a privilege to share with you that in, through the referral network, we've been able to get 39 men and women into Adult and Teen Challenge. Come on. It's incredible. And in ministering to families, we've been able to minister to almost 200 families. It's that's amazing. 200 Crazy. families. That's because of you. That's awesome. We're so grateful. And when you were sowing seeds last year into Legacy, did you know that you'd be sowing into this house as well? Yeah, so we just want to share a couple of stories. Um, one of the women we got into the program, her name is Hannah, and she was just spiritually dead, and she was in addiction for about eight years, and she was just searching for love and acceptance in all the wrong places until she hit rock bottom, and when she did, her family was there. Um, they didn't really know what to do, but they knew that they could call, and when Michael and I got the call to get her into Teen Challenge, we took her there, and in that moment, it was the first time where she was able to meet Jesus. Jesus and have a relationship with him where she didn't have to run from God anymore, but she could embrace that the love that Jesus had for her. Um, since being in the program, Hannah is still there. She's expected to complete next year. Um, she's been able to travel to churches and share her testimony. She even got baptized um, in the program, and we have a picture of that. Come on. Yes. <laughs> But what makes this story so special about Hannah is that her sister is Cameron, who is on staff here. Come on, Cameron. <laughs> and um, and, and so, <laughs> yes, and Hannah's mom and brother are here on, as well. Just play. Come on. <laughs> And it makes this story special because of Cameron's faithful faithfulness and obedience. This time last year, Cameron sowed seeds into Legacy, not knowing it would be for her sister. And so when you give to Legacy, it's not just helping strangers on the streets, but it's helping people right here at Opelousas campus. And these families are affected by that. Absolutely. And, and there's a family that usually sits right over there. They're there for the first service, the Chambers family. And they, uh, they were here for Legacy last year and, and they had one of these cards and they, were, they heard what we wanted to do and they, they wrote down their names on the cards and then on the back there's this greatest need section and they wrote a name on there. They wrote the name of their son, Justin, on this card. That Justin would end a cycle of addiction that had been lasting years, that, that, that he would find a way out of these drug charges and gun charges, that his life would change forever. And I, it's so incredible to report. Last week I was at this program where I got to share my testimony and a man comes up to me afterward. That's Justin. 
He's in this program and God is changing his life. And I was really tempted to get up here and share with you some specifics of his testimony and what God is doing. But the Holy Spirit said, hey, that's not for you to share. I'm going to bring him back one day. So Justin's going to be here sometime in the future to share his story with you guys. Yeah. And before I left, him and a group of men came up to me. They wanted to communicate a message to you. Of the 39 we sent into the program, many of those men were there. And they just wanted to say, thank you. Thank you for changing their lives. Yeah. And at as Michael said, we run a ministry um, home where men get to complete Adult and Teen Challenge and move in with us. And one of those men is Jeremy, who is also here. Wave Jeremy in the back. Yes, Jeremy's in the back. And his cousin went through Adult and Teen Challenge. And his cousin completed the program and began praying for Jeremy. And Jeremy got to graduate the program last Friday night. Yes. He's, uh, God has radically changed and saved his life and it's been through a generation, through his cousin and now him, God is just changing their whole family and now where he works, he's been promoted to manager at his job and God is just really blessing him. Um, along with another man we have living in our home and his name is Jacob. Um, Jacob is also back there, yes. Come on, Jacob. Um, when Jacob moved in with us six months ago, uh, he needed a high school diploma, a driver's license for the first time. Um, he had debt. He had all of these mountains in front of him, and he just began slowly conquering those things of what he needed to do. And in six months, um, the most important thing Jacob did was sign up and serve in kids ministry. You see, because these two boys in the picture, uh, they were in foster care. And Jacob began serving in kids ministry because he didn't want anything more but to be the father that God had called him to be. Mm. So he began sowing seeds of what he wanted in his own life. Mm. And because of that, unfortunately, some things happened, but Jacob got the call that he was able to get his kids out of foster care. And his kids have been living with him, yes, uh, for the last three weeks. So pray for the new single dad in the house, okay? He needs it. <laughs> It's so special. I mean, it's just his story is so incredible. And Victoria and I, just less than 48 hours ago, we were at him and Jeremy's graduation and sitting there with their two boys, four and five years old, as they were just grinning, just clapping because their dad was their, their dad was on stage and they were saying his name. They didn't have any idea what he was graduating from, but they were just <laughs> so proud of his dad. And that, that service was just so incredibly special. And what, what made it so special is that it was interrupted. The chief executive officer of Louisiana Adult and Teen Challenge interrupted the graduation service, went on stage and took the mic. And he said, I've been serving in this ministry for 41 years. And I've never seen a transformation story like Jacob's. It was tremendous. But I can't even express to you how, how, how bad he was when he first came into the program. His situation was awful. They didn't think he was going to make it. But God trusted you. Yeah with this incredible transformation story. God delivered him from addiction, gave him his kids back to home and a car, and now this incredible church to surround him and love him. Guys, you sowed. We watered. God made it grow. Let's Thank do it you, again. Jesus. Come on, give it up for Michael and Victoria. We so appreciate them. Oh my gosh. Jacob one time, y'all pray for Jacob, look at him, look how tired he looks. He's, a, he's now got two kids, full-time single father right there, doing it, living the dream, baby, come on! Man of God. 
Thank you, Jesus. What a story. I, uh, I have not sat, well, I sat in the earlier service, but it's been 20 years since we really sat in one of these chairs. This is the first chair Heidi and I, we moved here. We sat in, you, you saw the picture of the church service. And I remember Pastor Jacob going after the first service because we never even moved here. We moved here without ever going to church. Like we came here and we sat on the front row and we just looked around the entire service. And uh, after service, Pastor Jacob was so excited. He goes, what'd you think? It's pretty good, huh? And I said, actually, Pastor Jacob, I said, that's the worst church service I've ever been in in my life. He goes, are you serious? Why? I said, the sound was horrible. The singers are off key. The music was bad. He goes, what are we going to do? I go, I don't know. And well, the preaching was good, wasn't it? I said, yeah, but you were really long. Those orange chairs are hard to sit in for that long. And 22 years later, or 24 years later. Now you're sitting and you're going, ah, only God, only God. What is a legacy? It's a legacy is those orange chair people were believing in something. We were talking about a hundred churches back then, hundred churches, we're gonna play on a hundred churches. We're talking about something. They started giving to something that they knew they would never really benefit from. They were leaving a legacy. What is a legacy? It's the future without you still influenced by you. And by the way, you're going to leave a legacy, whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally, you're going to leave some kind of legacy. It's either going to be headed towards the cross or it'll be away from the cross, but you are going to leave some sort of legacy. And so we're, we're sitting here today talking about 1998, the Broussard campus, 2003, Lafayette campus, 2010, Come on, somebody. Appaloosa's campus. 2015, Midtown. 2019, New Iberia. And 2023, the campus. You'll find out next week. Who would have dreamed? One of the things that, that's probably underappreciated about Pastor Jacob that people don't know, and one of the things that I so admire about him, uh, he's always thinking beyond. It is a, it's a gift. I think it's an apostolic gift. He's always thinking beyond like who's next, who's next, what's next. He's asking us, he and Michelle were at our house just a few weeks ago going, who's next, who's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's always thinking. We're going, we're trying to get today done. Yeah, but if you don't think about tomorrow, you got to think about tomorrow. What's next? Who's next? Because the truth is we all reap, lean in, we're all reaping where we have not sown. You could be sitting in this very room today and you are reaping where you have not sown. It's a little chilly in here today, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little cool. Yeah, yeah. Are you, I, I could take you back to the, our Savior's, the, I mean, the Civic Center and it was hot. It was easy to preach on hell. It was like an illustrated sermon and we couldn't get the AC. Just lift your hands and thank God for AC. Somebody sowed and now you're reaping from it. And all the women over 50 said, amen, praise God. It ain't cold in here. <laughs> Watch this. We've all reaped. But if you don't reap, which means all of us have the same, every generation has to come and set their seat, sit in the orange chair and go, it's my turn. Because if I don't, then we leave the, the, the field is barren for the future if we don't plant now. And so every year we have the opportunity. Instead of thinking about me, we think about them. What an opportunity we have. 
And I, I just want to show you this, how God works. God is the God of our generation, and he's the God of the next generation. Watch this in Psalm 78, 5 and 8. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. This is what God did. Hey, hey guys, here's the law, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation, say it with me, might know them. And children yet unborn, even to the unborn children, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. God was already setting up the way it should work. He said, no, 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 fathers teach your children. And if you'll teach your children to grow up to teach their children and they'll grow up to, do you know what's really wrong in our culture? It's as simple as this, that we have not shared what happened in the past and the glorious goodness of our God. So our children grow up and we see what's happening in our culture now. We're, we're watching, we're reaping, we're, we're reaping that. Where no seeds were sown of the faithfulness of God. So I, I, I wanna honor the orange chair people today, the Irbys and the Tommy and Susan. Uh, thank y'all for back in the orange chair days, sacrificing where you go, a hundred churches, come on, you gotta be kidding me, you're crazy. We can't even do one right, much less 99 more. We're, y'all were, Tommy and Susan, I think were the pioneers of the nursery department. And that was just moving back in those bunk rooms, moving bunk beds out of the way so they could host children in there. Thank you, Tommy and Susan. One more time for Tommy and Susan. Thank y'all. Jesus did the same thing though. His disciples he was raising up, not for now, he was raising up for when he was going to be gone. And I think the Apostle Paul probably gives us the best example about, and Paul's probably one of the greatest leaders in history, wrote two thirds of the New Testament, reached thousands of people. But the most important thing that Paul did was not who he reached, but who he raised. And there was a young man by the name of Timothy. Timothy was a traveling companion to Paul. He was a half breed. His father was Greek and his mother was Jewish. Timothy got saved, gave his life to Jesus and became a spiritual son to Paul. Listen to what Paul says about Timothy, this next generation that he says about him. And, and, and I'm, I'm reading out of the book of Philippians, uh, for those who like note takers, Philippians 2, 19 and 24. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by, by news of you. For I have, I got no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. Paul was like a father to him, poured into Timothy's life, loved him because he wanted to pass something on to him. And let me, let, me, let me just give you a little bit of context of what I'm about to read. Paul's, I'm, I'm cutting it short because I, I didn't know they were doing the honoring thing, so I'm editing as I speak here. So watch this. Paul, Paul is, starts a church in Ephesus, gets thrown in prison, writes a letter to Timothy. 
we get to read it. It's called the book of First Timothy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. I still have some work to do here. <laughs> Watch this. So we get to read that letter. He gets re- released from prison, gets arrested again. This time he's going, Paul's going to be executed. And before his death, he's going to write a second letter to Timothy. Y'all got this? Thing? I know you know the answer to this. That book is called Second. So oh, you guys are smart. Second Timothy. What's the point? The point is, we get to read what a dying man is writing and not with the baton in his hands and he knows he's got to pass the baton to the next generation. Paul didn't focus on building the ministry, he focused on building Timothy. It's not the ministry, it's the who, the next generation. So let's, 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 uh, Let's just kind of, well, I'll tell you this in just a second. Let me, let me give you a couple of thoughts about Timothy that we find in the book of First and Second Timothy about passing something on. And here's what we hear about Timothy to the next, everybody say next generation. Watch this. We know that he prayed for Timothy. He prayed for him. He prayed for the next generation. Second Timothy 1, 3 and 4. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day as I remember your tears I long to see you that I may be filled with joy okay everybody look right here if you got gray hair in the room if you have no hair in the room if you have colored hair in the room if you got fake hair covering your real hair in the room God isn't finished with us. Our job is to make sure we raise up the next generation. We see Paul setting an example for us, going, no, no, our job is to pray for the next generation. Watch this. He also, number two, he cared for Timothy, or he cared for the next generation. 1 Timothy 5 and 23, I'll show it to you. Look, he's writing to Timothy, and he writes, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach, and your frequent ailments. That's like a mama writing to her baby. Hey, Timothy, don't forget, you know, you got that IBS. You got that, you got them tummy issues. Hey, 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 baby, have a little wine. That'll help with your stomach issues. So we know that he cared for him. It wasn't just a pseudo, it wasn't religious. No, he really loved this boy, Timothy, the next generation. And number three, he passed on a pattern for Timothy the next generation. Everybody say a pattern. Look at 2 Timothy 1 and 13. He's telling Timothy, follow the pattern of the sound words that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Look right here. The next generation doesn't need someone to like them or to like. They need someone to be like. They need a pattern. They need, hey, can you, can you show me, not tell me, can you show, not preach to me, can you show me the way? I've said it to Pastor Jacob and and Pastor Jacob and Michelle, I'm very grateful to them because they have set a pattern for Heidi and I. When it comes to marriage, they've set a pattern for us. 
they showed they put some footsteps down that we can follow so that I can become a better husband and she can become a better wife. At the end of the day, look at me right here. At the end of the day, I, I just want Jesus to be pleased with me and her to be pleased with me and most of you to be pleased with me, not all of you, because I don't care. That's a joke right there. I winked right there. I don't know if y'all can say that. No, no, I want, I want Jesus and her to be pleased with me. I had to have some footsteps. I needed, Heidi needed a pattern for which we could follow. The greatest messages people ever preach are not going to come from this pulpit. They're going to be by the life that they live before you, that you can follow their example. We needed a pattern. Watch this. But he also left a prophecy, a future to the next generation. He left it. We find it in, we don't know exactly what he says, but we do know that he did. We find it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. And he said, I am, I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy. This is a dying man. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I'm reminding you to fan the flame of the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Let me translate. Remember when I laid my hands on you and prophesied over you what your future was, I'm stirring that up. Fan that flame. Don't you ever forget who you really are, your identity, who you are in Christ. I'm driving to church this morning. God is my witness. I'm driving to church this morning. I'm praying for you and the Holy Spirit tells me something. And I'm going, no, that can't be you. But I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Is that okay? Tell them to prophesy more. No, no. Listen, Father. Listen, Father. You have this gift in you by the Holy Spirit. If you're a born again believer, to prophesy in the name of the Lord, to prophesy over your children, to say things. I'm not talking about, ah, you're going to be, you're going to play for LSU. That ain't a prophecy. That's just your own dreams. You're trying to live throughout your son. You don't want to waste prophecy on LSU. You want to waste prophecy. You want to speak prophecy over. You will serve the Lord. You are a man of God. You're going to serve the purposes of our God. You're going to remind them and you. You're going to remember, remember, son, you can run, but you can't hide because you, I've already prophesied. Stir up that gift that's within you. They need identity. They need to know I have an identity. There's something on my life that God has given me. It may be, son, you're going to be a businessman. Daughter, you're going to be a businesswoman. God is going to prosper you. If you'll honor him first, he'll always prosper you. To speak over your children. God gave man the prophetic unction of the Holy Spirit all the way from the garden. Use your gifts. Look at me. Quit speaking death over our community. Speak life over it. Prophesy over it. Go, no, no, no. Can anything dead, anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Opelousa? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm speaking over it. This is going, God is going to elevate a community and let it be a sign to the world. Rich, poor, black, and white can be in unity together at the foot of the cross. At the foot. Level ground, baby. 
level ground. Are, are y'all hearing me? That's what Paul's saying to Timothy. So he's, he's speaking it. He's speaking it over. Speaking it over. Pastor Jacob said it to Heidi and I many times. Man of God, let me tell you something. God's going to use you. God's going to use Yes, sir. Pattern. Over Heidi. Heidi, start writing books. I want to God. Joyce Myers wished she had hair like that. <laughs> something like that. It was something like that. Come on, we need it. We need it more than ever. Men in this house are going to set the example and the pace for spirituality. No longer are we going to wait for the women to carry the baton. Men are going to carry the baton of spirituality in this community. Lifting up high the name of Jesus, unashamed, not afraid. Men with guts and spiritual testicles in Jesus' name, amen. And yes, I said it. And the women are like, amen. Let's be honest. Can we, can I, can we have a look honest moment? Just me and you talking? Just me and you. Pastor Jacob, 60, 64, 64. I'm 57. Michelle and Heidi are 35. I mean, no, seriously, think about this. I mean, Pastor Jacob, you know, when you're going down the freeway and you got to take an exit, you know, you get over and you, you turn your blinker on. He's got his blinker on. Not that we'll ever retire. You don't retire out of ministry. You just get a new assignment. But the blinker's on. I'm 57. I, I, I may not be able to see the exit yet, but we getting over in the right lane. You know what I'm saying? Exit's coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Tommy, don't you? Yeah, you, we, we, the blinker ain't on yet, but I, we, we in the right lane and we're about to turn the blinker on too because it's coming fast. So it has to be about the next gen. Who's next? Look at me, look at me. Listen, hey, white hair, no hair, colored hair, covered up hair. No, we, we, we got to think like this. Look, and people ask, well, I just don't like the music because they don't play any of the old stuff. Hey, I like some of the old stuff too. I do, I do. It, it reminds you of days gone by. And I ask Vic every once in a while, throw an old one in there for old people like me. Just, uh, yes, thank you. That's all the old people right there. Yes, yes, Lord. They did one today. They did one today. They did that first song. That was an old song. That was an old hymn. But remember, it's not about us. It's about the next generation. And if we're not reaching the next generation, then you'll watch, then the entire congregation's hair will begin to turn gray. And then one day you'll walk into the house and they'll all be gray and it will no longer look like a church, but a box of Q-tips. What am I saying? No, no, look at gray hair, gray hair. Look at Lemire's gray now. 
When I started this, we started this church, I looked like Barack Obama when he went into office. And he'd come out, he's all white-headed. <laughs> That's me. He's <laughs> like, look at this. Look, look, look. We have our role, gray hairs, are never more important at all because we're here to set footsteps. To pray for, to care for, to set an example, to talk about the goodness of God and his faithfulness. Come on, you know what gray hairs do? We give perspective. Oh, if this world needs anything, it needs perspective. This young gen, what are you gonna do, Pastor Eugene? I don't know, I got these kids. I go, oh, baby, they gonna, you know how grandparents are. Oh, baby, they gonna be all right. Don't you worry about that. Let me pray for you right now. Go on back to sleep. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. What are we going to do? It's okay. God is with you. It's going to be good. Don't worry about that. To give perspective, that's where we are. We all get to sit in the orange chair. Will I leave a seed for a future generation to reap from? Would you do me a favor this morning? Would you take this? It's right in front of you. I want everyone just to reach down and take out this. I want to read it with you. There's a legacy card. Every year we receive an offering. Our very best gift that we can bring. I want you to turn to the side that has the chair on it. And I just want us to read it together. Would you look at it as I read it? I, or we believe that our ability to leave a legacy is one of the greatest impacts we can make in the kingdom of God. God is working through us in a unique way to reach others with a heart towards influencing a future beyond us. I prayerfully commit to step out in faith and trust God for the following amount above my regular tithes and offerings. And there's a blank for a one-time gift. Next Sunday, I'm asking you to pray. Heidi and I are going to pray. I'm asking you to pray. Just ask the Lord. I'm not asking for a certain amount. I'm just saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And whatever the Lord tells you, do it. That's it. And you go, I can't get it in yet, Pastor Eugene. I'll be ready after the end of the year. And I know many of you get end of year bonuses, all those kinds of things. It just says, maybe the next box is the one you need to check. Say, I'll have it in before March the 1st of 23. All across all of our campuses, we're all coming together next week to give our very best. Start a new campus, I'll tell you next week. Our Savior's Church College, let you know about that. Retreat at sunset and here locally to begin a godly, gospel-centered Mother's Day Out ministry to our community. Lots of single mamas are going to minister through that. Gives them an opportunity to work and uh, know that their kids are well taken care of. What an opportunity for us in our very own community. We're going to do more. There's more things we want to do. It's just not time yet. But this is one of those first steps. And so... I want you to pray. In fact, I'm going to pray with you and for you. But then on the back, flip it to the back. Next week, we'll do this. We'll write our just our greatest need. What can Heidi and I be praying for you? Our staff be praying for you? Our intercessors? We're just going to bombard heaven on your behalf over just your greatest need. And uh, it's amazing how many of these 
we've gotten answer prayer to all the way from children being born and I'm looking at some of them right now who you can't have no baby well I hear him screaming right now I'll tell the doctor that and when am I dedicating that child two weeks I can't wait to dedicate that baby let's do it let's do this so father thank you Come on, let's tell him, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving us. Thank you. This isn't our plan. This is all yours. You did all this. You designed it all. You weaved our lives together like thread, like a tapestry, painting some picture. And I know you're not even finished. It's almost like you're just getting started. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to be a part. Things that none of us could ever do. I can't start a college, but all of us together can. Father, there's no way we can do a Mother's Day out, but all of us together can. We're sitting in a building where people in other places were sacrificing so that we could be eating from this tree today. And Lord, may we see it. May we see it how you work from generation to generation, stories of faith so that we can see it, so that we continue to promote for our children and our grandchildren will be telling our stories. So Father, would you bless your people? Would you speak to your people? I pray, Father, you would open the windows of heaven over them as they ask you. Would you just ask him right now, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that, Father, they would hear your whisper and obey you. And thank you for your incredible goodness to us all. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, let's give God some praise just for his faithfulness. Thank you, Orange Chairs. Thank you. And we owe a debt of gratitude too. I mean, I, I, for Tommy and Susan. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having a small group up here. Thank y'all for bugging Pastor Jacob and myself to start a church in Opelousas. If it weren't for y'all, we wouldn't be sitting right here today. Thank y'all. Y'all are amazing people and we love you. Come on, give it up for Tommy and Susan. Bad on. Coach.